Hey everybody, right before the show, wanted to let you know we have an update to our Patreon. A brand new monthly movie podcast is available now for $10 and up patrons at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. You want to hear me and Bob talk all about Mask of the Phantasm? The best Batman movie of all time? You can hear all about that in our long, almost three hours long podcast, patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons where we never touch our banana kabooms. I'm your host, Wiggum Charmhaver Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who is here with me today? Well, if you're asking if I'm Henry Gilbert, I'm Gil Diddlyilty as Char Diddlyarged, Bob. You sound drunk to me, Henry. And who do we have on the line? Oh, I'm Seamus, uh, Ross from Friends' Irish cousin. <laughs> so we're all doing each other. All put out for old Seamus. <laughs> and it's hello, it's Jay Hunter from OSW Review. And? And Potato Man. <laughs> it's your boy, V1. Yes, we're the drunken Irish podcasters of Springfield. Watch out, everybody, they're Irish. And today's episode is Homer versus the 18th Amendment. You're out there somewhere, Beer Baron, and I'll find you. No, you oh, won't. You won't. <laughs> yes, I will. Well. <laughs> Today's episode aired on March 16th, 1997, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real-world history. <gasps> oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby! The pipes are calling! John Grisham's The Partner tops the New York Times bestsellers list. <laughs> Castlevania Symphony of the Night is first released in Japan, and oh. American animation is changed forever by the Cartoon Network launching its Toonami block of programming. Uh, corrupting children with Japanese programming. Also, you should have said, oh, Bobby boy, the pipes oh, are calling. Darn it. Now, you can't edit it back in. I'm sorry. Those are the rules. Uh, so, what do we, I mean, there's there's a lot going on here. Uh, what was the first thing? It was so John meaningless to me. partner. Boo. Yeah, yeah. He was the Tom Clancy of law talking guys. Yeah, I don't know what ever happened to that guy. But, uh, and then Castlevania Symphony United, quite a great game. That's I think true. We all remember that one. Yeah, so now it's out again for, I believe, PlayStation 4. Yeah. You gotta play it all over again with without, Rondo of Blood. Yeah. Without the Take bad. Take my money once again, lads. <laughs> but you don't get the fun bad dub, I'm sorry. Aww. It's the new dub, which I'm sure is still bad in its own way because it's video game voice acting. And then Toonami was such a. In America, Toonami was such a huge deal when it started airing as a block of action cartoons first with like thundercats and voltron no like true current then current anime but it would be the launching ground for dragon ball z gundam wing these major shows that like really inuyasha to that mm -hmm. introduced japanese animation to Americans in a way they never really had before on a scale that hadn't happened before. Yeah, the fall of 98, I believe Dragon Ball Z would launch on Toonami. It was funny how Toonami would take these things that failed in syndication, failed to get <laughs> anyone watching it, and they became huge smashes on cable where people could actually find it. So yeah, thank you Toonami for your service. Was Toonami a, a programming block in your neck of the woods, guys? Uh, I, I, I don't think so. It. Yeah, like... It's a name that I've definitely heard, but it doesn't really mean anything over here, you know? 
I think mm. I had a hard drive called Toonami. <laughs> <laughs> 16th March 97 that was a week that was the weekend before Wrestlemania 13 oh my goodness wow we uh, but wait a minute guys no. before you even start talking about wrestling <laughs> you have to talk about uh, who you are and why this show is going to be probably 30% wrestling even though we already did our wrestling show with Bret Hart we recorded it already yeah but the listeners won't hear that for about a month yes but, so uh, yeah. the joke's on you listener we have so many good stories about Bret Hart at least one of them so guys who are you uh, where do you come from and uh, what is your relationship of the sh- with the show well I'm Jay Hunter from OSW Review and you are sir I'm V1 yes. also from OSW Review who'd have thought it um, so we chronologically oh my god I'm gonna just hot dog about this spiel yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we chronologically critique Wrestling storylines, pay per view by pay per view. We do a roundtable podcast, and that's synced to uh, video. It's like a documentary format about old wrestling. Currently, we're going through um, the Lex Express, you know, mid 1993, all of that. So oh, it's, it's, me. Oh, my God. It's awful. It's the best. <laughs> um, so, to all of our listeners that don't know what the OSW review is, can you explain what that is? At least 40% is it is Simpsons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah. But what does OSW stand all, for, guys? You're old, burying old the lead. Thank you. you. Yes. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I know what that is, but people listening might not. I started watching you guys because I'm a big time wrestling fan. And I loved your, from the beginning, like your look back, which now you've been doing it since like 2011, uh, looking back on classic WWF, starting with the Real Hulkamania area. But all your stuff is just so funny. And and very in depth, which is things we try to go for on this podcast too. And Simpsons references abound on that show. Like I that you just throw out there in the kind of Simpsons second language, like me and Bob talking quite a lot too. Like I like especially Lisa, but especially Bart. <laughs> <laughs> That's people would ask us about OSW and Botchmania as well. It's like how can we use so many Simpsons quotes? And that it's like if you grew up in the nineties, you'd understand. Like it was the pinnacle of pop culture absolutely for like the entire decade i don't think it's possible to be our age and not have watched most of the first 10 to 12 seasons of the simpsons a million times each you know like we just watched them over and over again and so they're drilled into my head so only have like five channels back in the 90s yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much most of them english <laughs> yeah, yeah like tv landscape vastly different than it is today and before the simpsons you know like primetime animation didn't exist well for us anyway it was just like the flintstones in what the 60s and then the, fucking the Jetsons. Jetsons, and yeah. that was it. So yeah. this kind of kicked off everything. Yeah. Four of those channels were just East Enders uh, reruns, right? <laughs> oh my god. Oh Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I will have you know that over here we have our own soap called Fair City. Uh-huh. It's bollocks. <laughs> it's absolute tripe. I'm glad every country um, has one of those. <laughs> Me and Steve, we are award-winning Simpsons fans. Oh really? my god! Yeah, I'm bringing it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bring it. Oh my god! Yeah, so back in uh, college, wasn't it in like first or second yeah. year in college, uh, my, myself and Jay and a few mates entered into a Simpsons uh, quiz. And we bloody won it. Wait, how many? We have to. We entered four times because we had to go up against like philosophy students. You think about the amount of time they have. <laughs> People who literally did nothing in college show up on a Wednesday at half eleven for you know like a half an hour sermon or something like that. You know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we we, we uh, entered, and I believe we. I believe it was a tie. And oh, then, I didn't want you to bring that up. <laughs> and Jay had to do the Bartman. In order to win, it and, was uh, bollocks. That was a tie. We were like six ahead yes, in the last round. He knocked it out of the fucking mm. park, by the way. So and, as in, and the other sing- guy did an itchy and scratchy rendition. It was terrible. Uh, so, like, sing the entire song, do the Bartman. 
The... Yeah, I, I got up and on the table and gyrated, and so it worked out. Yeah. Well. I don't. I went. My I left my body, <laughs> <laughs> but I heard it won, and we won what six a six pack of two Borg. We won beer. We got this like Homer bobblehead trophy and the Simpsons book as well. We got like the complete guide to the Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. actually, only one of us did. It was like Dilbert, and here's Garfield, and there you go. Wasn't know, wasn't right? uh, <laughs> wasn't Tuborg Homer's Eastern European coworker? <laughs> <laughs> What is it like watching The Simpsons in in Ireland? Like, is is it very popular there too? I would assume. Then, well, I'm on my own. I think in season thirty here, I'm still going strong. Wow, never missed an episode. Um, but no one talks about it. the only people only talk about season one to ten. Yeah, the the Simpsons in Ireland has been pretty much don't want to say dead, but it's been hanging on for at least. 16 17 years hmm. um i i gave up watching it i believe the last episode that i watched was one that jay forced on me it's the <laughs> one where marge uh goes to the manatees or something oh my like god and, and and i'm just like that's it i'm done i'm tapping out leave <laughs> leave me with my memories of the first 12 seasons or so <laughs> and uh you know and i'll be happy enough there oh it gets so much worse steve oh my god um you know your man from parks and rec ron he uh he's in an episode and he sings a shanty with bart and homer they go on to fix their relationship they go on to a ship cruise oh, dear. And, oh, oh my god oh like that tested me <laughs> i was curious too how it, much of it translated over there but also because i remember reading in 2016 i looked this back up but it was the irish post they did an article like celebrating the simpsons anniversary some anniversary I'm like here's the best irish references and the majority of them were either about like murdering the irish or or uh, racist <laughs> racist against the Irish. So I also wondered how much the anti, the joking anti-Irish sentiment of the Simpsons carried over there. Oh, it's hilarious. I love whenever they mention the Irish. It's brilliant. They're all really funny jokes as yeah. well. So. Um, Irish people don't usually get pissed off. We, we're... We'd be quite difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're pretty good at taking a joke, you know? So, uh, you know, most of the time we'll, we'll just have a laugh. And the church is all in good fun. Exactly. <laughs> That's great. Well, I want to talk a bit about prohibition uh, before mm. we get into this episode because it's all about that. Uh, a minor, minor history lesson. So between 1920 and 1933, it was enforced in America. What a huge mistake. Mm -hmm. Because I'm an overeducated asshole, I took a class <laughs> in college on the 1920s. I learned a lot about prohibition in that, yeah. like many of our anti-drug uh, laws, it is it was a very racist policy in which these scary lesser races were coming to America like Italians and the Irish, mm. and they were drinking the blood of their God during oh. their bizarre rituals oh, Jesus. and eating his body. We have to stop this. <laughs> and their smaller brains will not react well to the alcohol, and they will, they will take our pure Germanic white women. Uh. So we need to shut down drinking and shut it down for good, and that's what happened in those 13 years in America. But everybody was drinking. Yeah. Everybody was just drinking privately because you can't really make drugs go away. And it made a lot of like criminals rich was mainly yes. what it... It only took them 13 years to, to end it eventually, but... Thanks to that, we got all these uh, all these movies and TV shows talking about how awesome yeah. it was. I will say there were some benefits to it because uh, women did not have a lot of rights. Women were still sort of the property of their husbands. It's like, my husband won't stop beating me, but maybe he'll do it less if he doesn't drink every day. So, yes, that was one of the good uh, things that came out of Prohibition. But also, it was curtailing our right, our freedom to drink, yeah. as Marge says. So, 
uh, it was a minor history lesson, and we really, uh, we really just leaned into drinking after that. Watch, mm. watch your Mad Men TV shows of that era, and drinking was just a part of life after that. But there's a lot of Irish and Irish American gangsters that got really big from Prohibition, like uh, Legs Diamonds. You know, he was mm. he was shot after being acquitted in court. It was really weird, Ooh, um, wow. and he wore his thing was wearing a trilby hat, and so that's maybe that's where Homer got it. Uh, uh. This is kind of nineteen twenties thing. Um, there was Mad Dog Call. He was from Donegal as well and he was in awful he was into awful stuff like uh, murdering and kidnapping and as well as bootlegging and that Jeez. kind of stuff and Dion O'Banion who was shot by Al Capone's goons oh. there you go oh he's got to talk about prohibition in Ireland <laughs> I can go fucking look at that <laughs> well as if. and also America's favorite Irish American family the Kennedys made a lot of money off that too that's right and people thought they had secret ties to the Pope and mm-hmm. and the Pope was going to rule America the, the idea of people oh, wow. fearing Catholics is so funny because we just had a major fight in the White House to get a mega Catholic in the Supreme Court like that pure Catholic man he's a yes. practicing Catholic <laughs> how, how can you not trust a Catholic do don't look into what the church is doing yeah, don't look don't. at any recent <laughs> allegations but Catholicism will rule as long as you have no follow up questions that is correct <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes well how big from, was his ruler that he's going to hit people with uh, from this point on there are no questions <laughs> <laughs> this episode is really only one act about the Irish and St. Patrick's Day but I do think it's like it continue the simpsons long tradition the irish stuff i figured it, it really got to start on the show because al jean is of irish descent and of course conan o'brien oh, yeah. uh, conan o'brien is irish <laughs> and so <laughs> you they, would never guess it would you and he just, just doesn't tan well he's a big friendly pale fella <laughs> and so it's they never come up frankly so they go so hard on the irish stuff and then they they only upped it more once al jean returned to the show like al jean also famously he's I think he loves his Irish heritage so much that when on his second marriage, he went. Their honeymoon was in the cottage where they filmed The Quiet Man, wherever that is. And you uh. know, but that's that's how much he loves it. And same with um, they 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 went in a 2009 episode of The Simpsons. They go to Ireland and buy a pub there. And I don't know if you guys recall that one. I have seen that one. It's been uh, almost a decade though. Yes. That's when they're like, oh, Ireland doesn't drink anymore. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so it was about the smoking ban. What's, I mean, is that still a thing? And uh, you can't smoke in bars here in America still. Yeah. Uh, came in here, was it two, 2002, uh, I think, uh, caused absolute chaos for like a couple of months. And then now it's just, you know, like a part of everyday life. So yeah, you can't smoke in bars, pubs, restaurants. You can't smoke anywhere indoors where there's somebody working it's it works out good because your clothes don't you go to the pub and your clothes don't smell of smoke but you go in and everyone you smell everyone's bo so, <laughs> oh, you know. i forgot about yeah, that yeah yeah good yeah. with the bad yeah yeah <laughs> what i consider a new episode which is actually a decade old now yeah. in season 20 they did a second saint patrick's day and in that one it ended with homer getting caught in the middle of a fight between catholics and protestants at the event yeah they had a green leprechaun and an orange leprechaun it was, oh, a, it was, it was actually yeah. really good yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'm well impressed i don't think i've ever actually seen that one i think that's part you know that came along when i tapped out i'll save my recommendations for an actual <laughs> <one>. <laughs> <laughs> needs more 
I guess last preface question before we get into it. Like, so in America, St. Patrick's Day is like for kids, it's about wearing green and pinching. And for adults, it's for binge drinking. Like, what is St. Patrick's Day in Ireland like? I have to say, like, in, in this episode, Bart gets drunk and like children being drunk on the street. That That's real. Oh, oh, wow. I was actually shocked at how accurate this is. <laughs> um, so so uh, over here. Everybody gets a day off, you know, shops, work, everywhere is basically closed and you just go out, you you wear green and you drink and you vomit and some people fight. So, yeah, uh, it's pretty fucking real. And it's kind of like a the time dilation for St. Paddy's Day. It's like a plus seven. So at 5 p.m. it feels like midnight. Oh, wow. So that'll- that's how messy it is yeah yeah <laughs> uh well when this episode begins we we start with the more innocent children's version of saint patrick's day you sure look stupid in that green dress lease that's funny i don't feel stupid hey everybody's wearing green oh no happy saint patrick's day loser ow I have to wonder if this is still a thing in schools because I think uh, inviting unwanted touching mm. is something you'd you want to discourage in children. I wonder. Yeah. In this day and age, that's probably not the smartest thing. Yeah. Uh, by the way, this is very, very new to us. I, I didn't know that pinching was No, a no, thing. it's not. It's that's not a thing. absolutely yeah. not a thing over here. Is that uh, in America? Is that a thing? In school for me, which I was last in elementary school in 1992, <laughs> so this is not <laughs> probably... <laughs> it, and, and neither Bob or I have kids, so we don't know. But definitely when I was a kid, it was if you wear... My mom warned me of it before my first, like, St. Patrick's Day at a school was hey you gotta wear something green or else they're allowed to pinch you that's just the kid rules it's a pinch that like it's 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 weird when I think back to it but it's kind of like punch buggy or any of those like games that you create that allow violence on children (laughs) if you don't wear green the Catholics will steal your soul while you sleep (laughs) they're known to do that I wonder today, any listeners out there who have kids in America, is this still a thing? But it seems like you would tell kids not to do this. And I would hope so. I would also like to think that a parent wouldn't send their kid off not wearing something green, uh-huh. you know? Yeah, it's, it's hey, irresponsible. Unless you're gay or Italian. <laughs> <laughs> I love the palpable joy on Lisa's face when she's saying, nobody's pinching his legs. Like, she's <laughs> she's finally getting one on Bart. I love that. And isn't it so mean that, like, Jimbo's in his regular black tea and purple hat <laughs> and, uh, and everyone's just bailing on Bart? Yeah. yeah. And the little house is kind of in an off-white, like, blue pants as well. He's not really in green. This first act is weird because it's all like, it's such a green tint to everything. So Homer is kind of wearing such a light green shirt that it's barely green. And so it, it's, it's more like they just put a wash over the whole thing. And we did this episode for our St. Patrick's Day live show back in March. Were you wearing green, yeah, Henry? Yeah. I was. I, I was, was wearing green boxers just as a safety clause. I didn't want to wear green <laughs> that day, but... Uh, nobody touched me. <laughs> well, actually, Jimbo not wearing green and being left alone—that is, that I do remember was another aspect of it. Of like, if you were a, if you were the tough kid in class, 
it was almost like a challenge of like, are you gonna pinch me? Because you're gonna you're gonna pay if you pinch me. You technically can though by by child laws. Also, Nelson has a really good Irish outfit for this. I wonder if he has like an Irish background or an Irish family member. Month seems German. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know how the pinching works. How are kisses distributed on St. Patrick's Day? Mm, Do you uh, get them uh, because you're Irish? Well, you got to wear a shirt that says Kiss it. me, I'm Irish. Yeah. All right. But meanwhile, we go back to the uh, the real main event of St. Patrick's Day, which is drinking before 9 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been St. Patrick's Day for hours, and I'm still not drunk yet. Oh, it's never going to be 9 o'clock. Oh, Mo, thank God you're here. We'd like to come in and drink, please. We kicked down the back door, but then it was a metal door. <laughs> All right, listen up. This is the busiest drinking day of the year. Where are the designated drivers? Beat it. I got no room for cheapskates. <laughs> Yeah, all the life-saving nerds are shooed away. <laughs> and I've, I've kind of only lived in college towns since I was uh, an adult. And I, I've grown to hate St. Patrick's Day because of that. Because I just, I love, I love beer and I love drinking and I love alcohol. But I can't get on board with people being drunk in the morning. Mm. Just like, what is even happening? <laughs> when I'm in an airport and I see people like drinking at like, uh, when I have like a, I don't know, 9 a.m. flight. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> How can your body even take this? <laughs> yeah, they don't open the off license until half 10 here so it's like 9 a.m whoa yeah, <laughs> well, yeah they, like, unless you go to the railway station early house <laughs> yeah oh yeah 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 okay. yeah early house opens at seven o'clock in the morning oh there you go there you go that's a, yeah so it is possible and also mo carrying his big bottle of green dye <laughs> yeah. poison uh, <laughs> poisonous <laughs> the poison why side. The poison so sign is bigger than the word green dye. Like, <laughs> uh, I well, also, yeah, green beer. That a thing over there too. That's definitely a St. Patrick's Day staple here. That is a thing over here. You know, you you'll find it more in you know, kind of Dublin city. You know, as you move out, then people care less about green dye and it's more about just give me my fucking drink yeah it's about <laughs> sitting in a pub and growling and drinking yeah and drinking but <laughs> you know in like dublin city people coming in from other places countries you know and then they see the green beer and they're like ah yeah you know i shall partake in a tipple <laughs> yeah there's a ton of there'd be a ton of american tourists and yeah. stuff like that oh Absolutely yeah loads. oh my the god the big thing over here is shamrock shakes oh shamrock mm. shakes from yeah. mackers yeah. which is just mint <laughs> really are those served all year in ireland <laughs> no, no no they come out around mid-march and they last about uh, they they're basically out for about two or three weeks every year they make millions i'm sure <laughs> i i love how lenny just matter-of-factly uh, tells of <laughs> his uh destruction of the door to mo just like we kicked down the back door like he's like well that should have fixed it kicking down that back door but he had a metal door <laughs> <laughs> Mo is is certainly not pro Irish either, but uh, but he's willing to make some money off of them. Later, we'll see a sign that says "No Irish need apply" in his <laughs> in his bar. That's very clever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but meanwhile, everyone's a little bit Irish today, according to Kent. Kent O'Brien to ye on this gray, drizzly afternoon. Kent O'Brien live on Main Street, where today everyone is a little bit Irish, except of course for the gays and the Italians. <laughs> 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 
right, then move along. Nothing to see here. Show's over, folks. Parades just bring out so many emotions in me. Joy, excitement, looking. <laughs> Mom, can I go buy one of those long plastic horns? Oh, Bart, we've bought those before, and you always just throw them out the car window on the ride home. <sighs> I get bored with them. But that won't happen this time. I fucking hate Vuvuzelas. They are the worst thing in the world. I... I uh, cannot stand them. And yeah, this, they th- ruined an entire world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a real flashpoint for Vuvuzela jokes. And was it 2010? So I never watch World Cups because I don't care about football either kind. But I, uh, <laughs> but at the time I worked for a British company and I didn't like those Brits that were my boss. And so <laughs> I was, I wanted to watch the US-UK match to then hopefully see America win, which they didn't. But um but when I turned it on, I was like, are there just bees everywhere? What is this sound? <laughs> like, well, I, someone, I complained about it on Twitter, and that's when I was informed about the reality of Vuvuzelas. I was like, this is the worst sound of all time. The storyline of the this episode, it you know, hinges, Bart has to get drunk. And it's like, you can't show him drinking. So he has to get accidentally drunk. <laughs> you just so show Bart sculling back hands. <laughs> <laughs> that, like a proper Irish lad. He just goes into the park and <laughs> yeah. starts knacker drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what is what is the drinking age there? Uh, 18. Legally. Yeah, technically. Yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah. Know, it's kind of a rite of passage to start drinking at about 15, you know? But, like, you'd be in the pub with your parents from, what, six, I guess? <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. So on I, a Sunday. So when do you have your first point? After you? Mass. <laughs> <laughs> you go to church and then you go right to the pub then, you yeah, know? Like, like, my dad would give me some of his Guinness when I was six. Like, yeah, you know, um, you'd, you'd, like, have a sip and... Uh, Get the taste early. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, church gives you a taste yeah. for booze. You gotta, you gotta go chase that. Really conforming to the stereotype. That's it. <laughs> How many people named Sully do you know, though? <laughs> Ooh, Sully. That's a Boston thing. Yeah, yeah. no one actually. That, that's. This is very much the Boston St. Patrick's Day parade that is happening in Springfield. I mean, especially with that reference to the gays, because the Boston St. Patrick's Day parade famously outlawed the gays from marching as part of it for a while. I think it's just they finally accepted a gay veterans group in there. I swear this came up on an earlier episode of something they did. Yeah. (laughs) But like, who knows marching better than the gays? Exactly. (laughs) Awesome at it. (laughs) The Bostonians are really depriving themselves of some great marching by leaving out the gays. The Simpsons will be right back. everybody it's henry welcome to the break want to just say first off thanks to our pals jay and v1 for doing this week's podcast i'm a big fan of the osw review so it was awesome to talk with those guys about the simpsons and did you know that this podcast talking simpsons its sister podcast what a cartoon and all of our side ventures are all brought to you by patreon.com slash talking simpsons if you're a fan of our show and would like to hear every episode a week ahead of time and ad free for both Talking Simpsons or What a Cartoon, just sign up at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons and join the Talking Simpsons network. It's just $5 a month. You get to hear every podcast we do a week ahead of time and ad-free. You can be listening to Grade School Confidential right now. And you can also hear all of our exclusives. Me and Bob go through Sister Simpsons series, The Critic, in its entirety. All 23 episodes plus 
the webisodes in one exclusive podcast you'll only find on our Patreon. And we did the same for the entire first 13 episodes of Futurama on Talking Futurama. Those are all exclusively on the Patreon for folks at the $5 and up level. Not to mention, we have tons of exclusive interviews on the Patreon. You could be listening to interviews with tons of Simpsons legends like Mike Reese, Bill Oakley, Josh Weinstein, David Silverman, Mark Kirkland, Dan Graney, and so many more. Not to mention animation pals of the show like Ian Jones Cordy. You can find that and a ton of other stuff at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, if you sign up at the $10 level, not only will you get access to all of our classic videos that we did just for those folks, but also our new monthly exclusive movie podcast where we do a different animated film each month in the same Talking Simpsons style. The first one is Batman Mask of the Phantasm and me and Bob discuss if it truly is the best Batman movie of all time. I think it's a convincing argument we make. Find all of that and a ton more. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. It's the holiday season, and you know it's a great gift for yourself or for a loved one? A Talking Simpsons t-shirt. Talking Simpsons has their very own t-shirts, both our original Ion Podcast t-shirt, which is inspired by the amazing Ion Springfield logo, and our more recent one, the Death Stalker, inspired by our classic Simpsons death jingle, both designed by our wonderful pal Nina Matsumoto, who created some amazing t-shirts that you can only find at shirtsickle.com. Or you can go to tiny.cc slash talking shirt to see it. But if you want to check it out at Shirt Sickle, that's Shirt Sickle, like Pop Sickle, but S-H-I-R-T-C-I-S-C-L-E.com and go to this Talking Simpsons show page. Or again, go to tiny.cc slash talking shirt. The shirts started in 1999. They also ship somewhat internationally, though, you know, there are the international shipping fees, but... They're all really awesome. You should check them out for yourself. Tiny.cc slash TS shirt. I also love the sound of the Irish cops. Like they all, they all sound like from the Batman Adam West show, <laughs> Chief O'Hara. Castellaneta, he does an amazing stereotypical Irish voice. He is so very good. He's at the it. best at it. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. I kind of wish we got some of Barney's Irish singing in this too. You're right. It's, yeah, I think Dan even plays the evil leprechaun later in the show. Yeah, I think you're right. I love that Marge sees looking as an emotion. And and that she dyed her hair green. Like that's a that, lot of work. It's a lot of yeah, yeah for one day. <laughs> Though Marge is very experienced with dyeing her hair because all as we all know, she's been gray as a mule since she was seventeen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very good. <laughs> These very specifically Boston jerks show up. Climate, man. All right. Hey, Mom, on TV. Hey, where's that weather check? <laughs> this is some wicked patty, eh? <laughs> hey, have you seen Sally? Get away from there. Hey. I need a pencil. Ladies and gentlemen, what you're seeing is a total disregard for the things St. Patrick's Day stands for. All this drinking, violence, destruction of property. Are these the things we think of when we think of the Irish? 
It's brilliant. <laughs> One of the best lines of this episode. <laughs> Though I think officially line of the episode is the final line of this episode. So oh, can't, absolutely. Can't, yeah. But no it was so That's good. It's like a marketing slogan now. <laughs> yeah. It was so good it was moved to the end of the episode. It was yeah. originally somewhere else in the episode, but they moved it to the end. It's, it's, a good, it's a good one to go out on. With these Boston jerks fighting each other and saying wicked and all that, I, I wonder if this is the Harvard nerd writing staff of The Simpsons channeling their hate for Boston townies that yeah. they got while <laughs> working in Harvard. Oh. Go back to your town. <laughs> there were so many bad SNL sketches about bostonians oh yeah yeah jimmy fallon was in them a lot boy that was yeah. a bad time for snl <laughs> eh, I, I a lot of giggling a lot of giggling in those well because it's funny bob yeah. come on laugh along with jimmy can fallon. you believe they're on tv <laughs> <laughs> we also get to see the drunk irish writers float which i get they're all like it's like james joyce is definitely on there and uh What's the other one? The big... Bernard Shaw. Yeah. <laughs> I love that they just start scrapping that. It's brilliant. <laughs> this, wonderful. Brilliant. The second one bottle is thrown at them, they're like, oh, you want to fight, huh? Yeah. They, they just all <laughs> jump off. Which you would think, like, are these guys supposed to be actual local Irish writers in Springfield? Or are they or are they actors playing parts? I'm digging too far into this show. I like that they're reenactors and they're just really getting into it. They're method. And then there is a scene that was I didn't know was cut for you. UK airings overseas of the exploding chip shop, which uh, is apparently a real thing that happened in the 90s, right? <laughs> I yeah. didn't know that this was a thing. I was shocked when I saw this. Yeah, yeah the first time I saw that scene was when watching it on DVD. I was like, holy shit. They fucking went there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was blown away. I'm blown away. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Tommy Lee Jones' Irish accent there. <laughs> it's funny to Americans to laugh at IRA bombings, but nah, not so much. <laughs> I love that the, all the Americans cheer. Yeah. Kind of hilarious. One of the few references in this episode, that outside reference to uh, John Bull. So this is John Bull's Fish and Chips. And John Bull is the cartoon personification of England, sort of like the Uncle Sam of England, except mm. he's like, he's not in shape. He's not a stern <laughs> man with a long finger. He's a fat guy in a Union Jack fest. So that is John Bull. I mean, we need to fatten up Uncle Sam here to reflect the American population now. Also, this is when the animators kind of, they, they're asked to draw so many mobs, so I'm not blaming them, but they, they reuse the giant mob fight from Bart's inner child. Oh, it's great, though. It's a great pan across a fighting crowd. Mm -hmm. Except this time in the background, you have Bart screaming for attention. As, as adults, he's pretty unfazed by this giant riot happening around him. He's seen plenty of riots by now. It's the pretty, of the yeah, show. that's true. <laughs> He's caused some. And so then Bart gets safely drunk in an accidental way, which I think the first time he actually got drunk by choice illegally was in the Simpsons movie. You're right. That's right. When An they, another darker PG-13 joke they yeah. can do on the show, <laughs> along with seeing his doodle. Hey, look, everybody, free beer. <laughs> Open your yaps, boyos. Hey, what the... Oh. <laughs> Everybody! Everybody get naked! I love this day. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> well, why not? This party's just getting started! <laughs> Stop the celebration! That small boy is drunk! <gasps> <laughs> oh, that's not oh, 
<laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Kirk is so embracing his new freedom when he sees mm. a child getting drunk. He's like, this party's getting started. Yeah, he's, <laughs> and he's already whipping out his disco medallion. Yeah, it's it's a fun moment of all the all the adults like sobered up just by seeing like, oh, we've gone too far. <laughs> what monsters are we? Meanwhile, the kids are like, yay! Like that's it's such a great extra gag on there. You don't need the kids cheering Bart's public drunkenness, but uh, I wonder if that was the writers also thinking like, well, will this influence children to get drunk like their favorite character Bart does? Probably, actually. But like, yeah. it's it's absolutely perfect because that's exactly what yeah. would yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. Kids would be like, yeah, go on, you fucking animal. You. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, it's, it's really good drunk acting by Nancy who, you know, on the show at least, is never really asked to act drunk. Like it's... All the other male actors, have pro- all the male actors have probably played drunk like 500 times by this point in the show. But she Nancy, rarely plays any adults. Yeah, so that's true. She's always yeah. like little girls or little boys. That's basically mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I love his like shambling too is really good. It's, it's great animation on that. And then poor Marge pulling him back from that. And that is also when we get the very uh, Homer's prime minister of Ireland gag. <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird though, isn't it? That he says, well, I, I don't expect him to know what a Taoiseach is, or to pronounce Taoiseach. Oh, but sir? we don't have a prime minister. This is when Bob and me learn for the first time you don't have a prime yeah. minister. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was a joke. Okay. if you Because they have a lot of good Irish stuff. There's like an Aaron Gabra sign and the yeah. no Irish need apply in, in most taverns. So they know about yeah. us. You know? So it's, it's a bit weird. If you asked us to name the prime minister of England, we could probably get that. Any foreign leader other than that, we maybe Canada, but that's kind of it. You're supposed to think about us. We don't think about you. That's, that's, that's... <laughs> If Homer said Taoiseach, that would raise more questions. Probably, yeah. yeah. So you'd have to cut the line completely. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Shook, this is Shook the Town. I absolutely love that, how they're absolutely fine with, with everybody getting blitz drunk, fighting, cheering a fucking chipper being blown up. But by Jesus, if there's a drunk child, that's too much, you know? <laughs> that's too far. What are you looking at? <laughs> what are you looking at? The innocent words of a drunken child. Well, I'll tell you what we're looking at, young man. A town gone mad. A town whose very conscience was washed away in a tide of beer and green vomit. I'm going down to Mo's for a couple of beers. I'll come with you. No! <laughs> No more drinking. I'm tired of looking like the world's worst mother. Oh, honey, you're not the world's worst mother. What about that freezer lady in Georgia? (laughs) But what's the solution? Are we so bereft of ideas that we must revive the antiquated notion of prohibition? Channel 6 says yes. (laughs) Prohibition. They tried that in the movies and it didn't work. I predict this is the last we'll be hearing about prohibition. (laughs) We want prohibition! We We want prohibition! You can't seriously want to ban alcohol. It tastes great, makes women appear more attractive, and makes a person virtually invulnerable to criticism. (laughs) Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? I'm really surprised we didn't get any Bart is hungover jokes. Yeah. Maybe they could only have Bart experiencing alcohol for a short period of time, sensor-wise. Like, he's, he got drunk, that's all you get. Do <laughs> you think the censors would approve that because it would show the consequences of drinking for Bart yeah. and make it seem less attractive? When Bobby Hill mm. got drunk in King of the Hill, of his own free will, he was shown to be hungover yeah. afterwards and punished while being hungover. So, King of the Hill went there. <laughs> Sorry, is that the episode where they have, like, 
Bostonians that come. Like it's a basketball group, and the kids. Uh, their parents get really annoyed about it because they're stereotyping Ireland. Is that the one? Uh, no, it's when I believe Bill sort of uh, is the bigger brother to a troubled teen who just takes oh, advantage yeah. of him, and oh, then he yeah, gets yeah, he yeah. gets the Bobby yeah, yeah. drunk. <laughs> is that when he has the bounce house too? Yes, the, uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that Kent Brockman, he says it's antiquated and seems to be against it and then just turns of like, we say yes. Channel <laughs> 6 says yes. <laughs> the uh, the freezer lady gag is uh, quite a dark one. Which Yeah, I don't get that at all. Well, it's an actual thing. There's not, I couldn't find a real freezer lady in Georgia that happened, but it feels like a sideways reference to Susan Smith of South Carolina, the woman who famously drowned her kids in her car in 1995, which uh, was uh, parodied humorously to get a fact in Butter's own episode of South Park. That's right. Yeah, that's I, right. Yeah, yeah, very good. I like it better that they made up a, a fake crime. It's it's yeah. less uh, terrible to think about having to think about something that's real. There's two jokes in this episode that skirt the line of referencing a real tragedy. This, and then also a reference to what I would assume is Timothy McVeigh. Yeah, uh, they, and the, but they decide not to be too direct about it that's for the best <laughs> but the freezer lady down it and then homer thinks that prohibition only happened in the movies is a great yeah, that's another perfect homer line this this is a john swartzwalder written episode and this is a perfect one for him because it is old-timey and homer centric like he he loves both of those things so much and he's great at it mm-hmm. think of the children that is helen lovejoy discovering her catchphrase she she had not had one to this point and now she finally does she and she will henceforth represent the scolding soul of springfield and this was the message of the writers who didn't have children at the time saying like hey i like things for adults and just because it's not for children doesn't mean that's bad. And uh, I wonder I wonder if now as parents how they feel, if they still feel the same way about that. But uh. Yeah, I think a lot of there's a lot of bad faith arguments, though, when it comes to like, what if a child saw this? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, kids, uh, if you, they have an iPad, they can look at whatever they want now. So yeah. it doesn't really matter if a child sees yeah, this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and this is Helen. Helen is acting more like the Tipper Gore type fear mongering at the time of like, think of the children. You can't have this thing. Think of the children. That's I think that's really what they're channeling with her. We're going to put a sticker on this music. Kids know it's cool (laughs) and it'll sell more. I love the logic in this episode. Like the arguments make sense and it kind of funnels us to where the storyline wants to go. The TV anchorman suggests prohibition to solve the public drunkenness. Then a Milton Christian group, they obviously saw the broadcast and hand the mayor to enforce it, who absolutely smashes it down, saying it lists the positives, mm-hmm. it tastes great. It's With their sign and, saying, yeah. draft men, not beer. That's That's right. Right. I love Holy that one. Shit. Yeah. They're pro-war, but anti-drinking. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's madness. It is funny, like, you, you can fight in war, but you also can't drink uh, mm-hmm. at the same time if you're be- <laughs> uh, below the age of 21 mayor uh you know he bats it away but then he yields because of election in november election in november again (laughs) so it makes sense and they move on and the the whole script is so tight Uh, yeah the contempt he has for democracy is very funny i love yeah uh and also wiggum just rules in this episode to the this this next scene here where prohibition returns wiggum has a line in here that i like I love so much. It is. It's just such a thrown off line that you you barely even have time to hear it. But I I love it. All our founding fathers, astronauts, and World Series heroes have been either drunk or on cocaine. Uh 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 uh. uh wait, looky here. 
Seems there's been a prohibition law on the books in Springfield for 200 years. It's just never been enforced. Well, Get out of here, old clerk guy. There's also a law requiring ducks to wear long pants. Wait a minute, let me see that. Well, I'll be darned. Long pants. Read the other one, the non-duck one. And spirituous beverages are hereby prohibited under penalty of catapult. Yeah. We get a nice guy from Maine there too. Mix up the accents a little bit. <laughs> uh, the magic clerk guy. I just, I love the way Wiggum says, "Shut up, old clerk guy." <laughs> <laughs> you really should have rest, uh, read the rest of that parchment, though. Yes, it's it's a pretty great. It's pretty great that he magically shows up to be like, "Oh, actually, there is prohibition." Oh no, there isn't. Like, <laughs> there's. No... I found the plot to this episode. Yeah. It's right here. And our easy out at the end too. They've got it all. <laughs> and it's also perfect to to like how uh, people do things. Also, you know, like read a paper or something, and you read two or three lines, and then you've made up your mind. You know, <laughs> so you know it's kind of perfect. Also, they just read the headline and went with it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, and. Yeah, the reactions to the prohibition are pretty pretty great visual gags, including the shocking news about Bernice Hibbert, right? It's, it's the only act break <laughs> yeah, oh, joke yeah. that is about Hibbert's wife. Never again. It's funny, like, so uh, in this episode, she is named Bernice. Previously, she was introduced as Felicia, obviously named after the actress Felicia Rashad, who played Bill Cosby's wife on The Cosby Show, because Hibbert is a Cosby analog. Back when Cosby jokes were different. Let's just say yes. that. Uh, <laughs> but yes, here she is called Bernice, and we learn the troubling truth about her alcoholism. But I guess <laughs> they were in uh, the Homer's marriage class together. It's true. So maybe yeah. they were talking oh, about the know. drinking there. Oh, that's clever long-term booking. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that Bernice has apparently just had this secret drinking problem this whole time throughout the entire show, uh, even when they go to the Texas Cheesecake Depository. Oh, right. <laughs> so we come back to Act 2, and uh, the guy who runs stuff, he's not worried at all about Prohibition. <laughs> no, we're not worried. Our customers buy duff for its robust taste, not its alcoholic content. I predict our new alcohol-free Duff Zero will sell even better than our previous brand. Oh, <laughs> Well, that's the end of me. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I, I tend to use that phrase a lot when I make a minor mistake or when I, when I um, overestimate how something will have an effect on my life. So a, yeah. a very minor thing I do, like, oh, that's the end of me. It's a smash cut to you. That's the end of me. Just, just being resolute and, yes, my life is over now. I like it. N not even having any real emotion about it. He just accepts his business is over. That's yeah, the end that's of it. me. <laughs> Isn't it weird that they, they actually already have an alcohol-free duff? Yeah, it's in, it's in um, Sideshow Bob's last gleaming. Yeah. Anyway. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. But as we learned from uh, Pooh's uh, secret garden on top of his roof, no one ever buys non-alcoholic <laughs> beer, so no one has ever found it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't wrap my head around like, does anyone drink beer because of how it tastes? Like, it, you know, beer doesn't taste great. I think you learn to like the taste of beer because of the other benefits yeah, that it gives yeah, yeah. you. I know? reject your hypothesis, sir. I, I do enjoy the taste of beer. The fact that it gets me drunk is also good. But <laughs> oh, our, really? our... I don't know if you guys have this over in Ireland, but our non-alcoholic beer, the popular brand is O'Doul's. Popular in quotes. There. Yes. Well, it's the one kind of non-alcoholic beer you can buy in yeah. most places. 
What's non-alcoholic? <laughs> <laughs> now the, a, a, a soft drink, if you will. <laughs> the Simpsons had a real axe to grind with non-alcoholic beer. They they did like five or six of them on this. Also, right before That's the End of Me, I think it's a really cool shot of how, you know, when an executive eats or drinks the thing they sell, and just like that, like that sound, that, that, that's really good version of the executive enjoying the thing they're supposed to be selling, even though they would never they would never drink that's that swill it's like swine to <laughs> it's like Something, a yeah. when crusty would bite into a crusty burger and he'd spit it out into a bucket afterwards like oh, i always tasted some of it i swallowed yeah, it oh. i remember in uh, it was in england back in the 90s when they had the bse thing and one of the politicians went and got a burger and you know he and he's basically eating this going look here britain british beef is absolutely safe mm. and he takes a bite of it and you can see that he's disgusted with every mouthful it's like yeah typical it's like uh, taking a bite out of a lemon (laughs) you lose England (laughs) but the speakeasy is back in Springfield which then brings in the Untouchables references to this show which I had seen the film but never the TV show that this episode is directly referencing. So it was a four-season TV show from 1959 to 1963 based on a very, very popular radio show, The Untouchables. Ah. And in this one, we have uh, Robert Stack as a star and Dave Thomas is doing a very good Robert Stack impression of Robert (laughs) Stack as a younger man, pre-airplane, pre-Unsolved Mysteries. I mean, Unsolved Mysteries is where 80s and 90s kids really knew him from. That's how I knew him. Robert Stack lived in our nightmares. (laughs) Yeah, that fucking song, man. And he always just hung around in a trench coat yeah. and uh, talking about werewolves and abductions. <laughs> Unsolved Mysteries is great because they could they could get into the supernatural if they needed to, but they could also talk about true crime. They could navigate the two. It was it cast a wide net that show. And I have a fun quote from Wikipedia about the Untouchables. Quotes: The TV show drew harsh criticism from some Italian Americans, including <laughs> Frank Sinatra, wow. who felt it promoted negative stereotypes of them as mob and gangsters okay frank how many people have you had beaten up or killed for disparaging your name uh i can assure you they deserved it old blue eyes is dead as he was getting help from the mob uh he was complaining i mean hey that he had to outwardly show that he wasn't part of the mob by complaining and saying that the mafia wasn't real as as they said in uh, the godfather part two like uh, but the speakeasy is back in springfield Dateline, Springfield, with prohibition back in force, sobriety's peaceful slumber was shattered by its noisy neighbor, the speakeasy. Glad you're finally back in business, no? Yeah, that was a scary couple of hours. <laughs> the suppliers of the illegal booze? Gangsters, running truckloads of smuggled hooch all the way from Shelbyville. And John Law was helpless. You didn't see nothing. <laughs> I don't know why people are always bad mouth the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how that's how I feel. Why are they bad about for the mafia? They're pretty great. <laughs> They've got so much money, they do you favors. So in the Slack channel, Henry, I have a clip of Walter yes. Winchell, which is the narrator for the Untouchables TV series. I believe he was sort of a gossip columnist of the time. Oh, okay. Um, Dan Castellano's impression is not super close, but it's the same sort of effect. Mm. It's very Ernie Pie, Ernie in the Sky voice. <laughs> it's pretty close, yeah. In the last weeks of March 1931, Elliot Ness and his untouchables were heading hard at the Capone Empire. 
Every day, gunshots rattle the concrete as Ness led his men in raid after raid. Yeah, it's more of a transatlantic accent than mm. what Dan Castellaneta is doing. Not as uh, nasal. Yeah. Like, I just kind of thought that that's how everybody talked over there back in the 50s, you know? <laughs> Fast-talking high yeah. trousers. Hey! hey. <laughs> what are you doing there? <laughs> I, think of, wake there <laughs> I think of that voice, too, because in on, on Mystery Science Theater 3000, whenever they would do a, Elliot Ness's man, they, speed towards their hideout. They would do it in the sped-up way that Dan Castellaneta yeah. is doing it too. I think it's them remembering it because we have the luxury of looking things up on YouTube. Mm -hmm. We've noticed with The Simpsons a lot of things are people kind of misremembering things mm -hmm. in a way that makes it accentuate certain qualities. So yeah, I, I could see Dan thinking, well, yeah, that's what Walter Winchell sounded like and it's sort of close. And uh, at the speakeasy, we get some real partying down and boy, it's the drawing of Princess Cashmere uh -huh. dancing with wig. <laughs> All of the drawings in this layout are crazy they and are good. They're yeah, cool, they're but they're very, very wild and off. But I, I do enjoy the crazy Wiggum dancing. Also, when Wiggum is approaching the camera in this scene, he's got an odd bulge in his pants, oh, too. Dear. I didn't oh, dear. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> burn he's, fire. he's got some uh, droopy drawers, let's call oh, them. God. Yeah, I, I just noticed this time. And this is a, just a fun scene to frame your way through. <laughs> the On the commentary, when... You see Princess Cashmere with like her, like you never see, even when they draw like large breasted women in the Simpsons, their boobs aren't up like the, <laughs> and like Matt Groening's reaction to that drawing, he goes like, what the? Yeah. Uh, her boobs are defying physics. <laughs> They're just flying straight up in the air. The old lady reacting to it, that really should be Agnes Skinner, shouldn't it? That, I feel like that should be Agnes Skinner instead of it just. It is true. Instead of the woman who's knifed by Knife Co., as I believe that's the, <laughs> where they got her from. Yeah, that is the same design. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, Agnes Skinner, we know she doesn't like cakes, but mm. she's she has a dating life, so she mm. could be like into partying. That's you never true. know. She That's could be true. like the a mods of Harold and Mod type character, which we'll see in a later episode. <laughs> oh my god, they did do that. Yeah. <laughs> it was good to see Princess Cashmere back too. And Wiggums, I've had that reaction too of just like when you think you're doing something correctly and no one has screamed pervert at me. <laughs> but, but when you just hear a thing that you're like, what? oh, that sounded bad. Is this yeah. not what I imagine it to be? Another character like swagger walk is like her. <laughs> <laughs> Another weird character choice. It's pretty creepy. <laughs> Another weird character choice I noticed. So we thought this the old lady should be Agnes. Also, uh, Luann Van Houten is there in her school marm dress That's with true. the uh, with the Temperance League or whatever those those characters are called. She's free and single. Yeah. She should be having fun there too. I don't think she shows up again, but she is. She's now back in her very school marmy outfit and uh, not in her her cool capri pants or whatever those were. <laughs> Sounds like they need some new blood in the police department. This looks bad. Better turn on the all Wiggum charm. Oh boy, that sounded bad. We demand you bring in a police chief who will enforce the prohibition law. Demand? Who are you to demand anything? I run this town. You're just a bunch of low-income nobodies. Uh, election in November. Election in November. What? Again? This stupid country. <laughs> Springfield sent for the one man who could clean up the town and shoot the gangsters. Rex Banner. 
And we have uh, the very angular Rex banner. Something mm-hmm. I was noticing in this design this time, I've seen this 50 times, that Simpsons characters rarely have hard angles or straight lines mm. in their faces. Maybe like Leopold is the one <laughs> character that we see, but he is very angular, very straight laced. He's got pleats in his pants. I, I like how his design <laughs> sort of expresses his squareness as a person. And Rex banner looks like they just unthawed him from 1920. Like he, he's, he's, he's not a real human being. He's so he's ridiculous. The, the perfect John Swartzwelder creation but uh played by dave thomas let's get into this so dave thomas obviously in case you don't know it's obvious to me because i'm a comedy nerd but he came out of SCTV. He was on that fine Canadian sketch show. Check it out. It's, it's got to be somewhere. Uh, the movie Strange Brew with Rick Moranis. He's playing one of the, the McKenzie brothers. Yes, uh, that, famous the McKenzie that brothers. That started on SCTV, Canada's favorites. He was also a great part of the sitcom Grace Under Fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, that's where I first noticed him as a young boy. But again, he's doing a Robert Stack impression. I wonder if they tried to get Robert Stack because previously he had done a character on Beavis and Butthead Do America. Yeah, it's insane they couldn't get robert stack if they tried like he's what's he's ta- he's doing beavis and butthead he would not say, no to this say what is he doing what yeah. is he- <laughs> <laughs> he's very available so dave thomas i think they wanted to get dave thomas on the show because he gave oakley and weinstein the showrunners for season seven and eight their first big writing break mm. i believe we heard from one of our interviews that oakley and weinstein worked on a talk show for ha or something yes, like that yeah. yeah that might have been the first thing they did but this is another thing they did so in 1992 dave thomas produced a parody of reality TV of that time. This is like just as the real world came out, but it was still too early to reference the real world. So it was called, bear with me, Inside America's Totally Unsolved Lifestyles. So it was a mix of a number of reality shows. A number of reality shows on TV. So Inside is probably Inside Edition. America's is America's Funniest Home Video. Wow. Uh, totally is a, was a Fox show called Totally Hidden Video. I remember Holy seeing. Shit. Unsolved Mystery. Unsolved, obviously, Unsolved Mysteries. And Lifestyles is Lifestyles with Rich and Famous. I don't know if there's a way to watch this. I want to talk to when we meet up with Bill Oakley in Portland. I want to ask him about this <laughs> and if there's a copy of it we can see. But this is something that uh, was a big break for Oakley and Weinstein as writers. And Dave Thomas brought them on board. So they wanted to do a favor to Dave Thomas. And I believe he was still on Grace Under Fire at the time. And people knew who Dave Thomas yeah. was. Grace Under Fire might have been ending at that point thanks to um, Grace's drinky uh, drinky motion. Drinky drinky motion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> SCTV is like the Mr. Show for people 10 years younger than me and you, Bob. But, oh, for yeah. sure. And I mean, I think the pacing is very strange if you're used to modern sketch comedy because on SCTV, some sketches will be just almost episode length. And you're like, <laughs> wow, they are really, they're really devoted to this sketch. Were you guys aware of Dave Thomas in, in Ireland? No. If, I was going to lie and say, no further questions. <laughs> no, I've never heard of him before. Yeah, uh, wow. all of those shows, SCTV, Grace, Grace and the Fire, I've never yeah. heard of any of these really? shows. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. None of them made it over here. <laughs> like Henry was saying, SCTV was for comedy snobs of the 80s. It was sort of mm-hmm. like, uh, like you just that's a, that's a great comparison it was the Mr. Show of its time where it's just like yeah SNL is too mainstream man I'm watching this no, no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well I, I was curious if Grace Under Fire had because it was I mean every sitcom from then seems big compared to how how low ratings are for everything in America now but uh, like it was on right after Home Improvement like it was part of the big ABC block of like Home Improvement Roseanne and then yeah. Grace Under Fire and it was sort of a, a lesser Roseanne where it was like mm-hmm. a working class woman 
woman, but you know, the, it's just a lesser degree of and what based you around understand. a comedian too. Yeah. Like they actually, you guys not knowing Dave Thomas reminds me of a one of my favorite things in in OSW is when a American celebrity who like I know who Regis Philbin is. I saw him a million times as a kid, but you guys are like who the hell is this guy? Like you, you're very <laughs> yeah. unimpressed with him. Yeah, Mr. Baseball. <laughs> and there is another Bob Uecker. Yeah, Bob Uecker. Yeah. old and... American guy. <laughs> that, that just goes to show you that you know these are just old white men who are on wrestling shows, to, 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 like both of us, and try to feel up younger women. Banner, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <a> banner. <laughs> there is another famous Dave Thomas, by the way. I don't know if you guys ever had. Uh, does Does Wendy's exist? The restaurant Wendy's in Ireland? No, there's no okay. Wendy's over here. Is it good? Uh, famous for square yeah. hamburgers. When I ate meat, they were pretty high quality for cheap fast food. I would definitely put it above Burger King, McDonald's. Uh, it it was my favorite of that level of hamburger. Drive. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> if they made a veggie version of the spicy chicken sandwich, I would never leave. They'd have to call oh, the yeah, cops. They'd spicy... have to pry me out of there. <laughs> they have quality fried chicken stuff there. But yeah, okay. I I hate that this is like a checklist of like. Do you know this reference, guys? You well, know we call them chips. We talked about it before, but God, that Quimby's contempt for the electorate is so funny, too. He's just like... This lousy country. Low-income nobodies. That's... Not a lot of Irish jokes are made about him, though. Yeah, you know what? There, there's a real avenue for... They've got it right there. They've got their Kennedy guy right there to make Irish jokes. Bob, when we talked about this before, you made the great point that Rex Banner seems better than Wiggum, but he's actually as bad as Wiggum, but more proactive in a Poochie-style way. He's better at faking it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got a more... Uh, the facade is better than Wiggum's just like, I don't know, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he seems pretty good when he fires Wiggum here. I was watching that, and I was sitting there. Rex Banner, <laughs> I'm running this department now. Wiggum, you're out. Suspended indefinitely. Huh? Tuck in that shirt. Get those shoes shined. Take that badge out of your mouth. You're police officers. Well, what are you waiting for? Somebody to kiss you goodbye? Well... No, 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 I guess not. No. <laughs> he wanted a kiss. He's, He's used just... to getting kissed goodbye at the police station. I wonder who does it. I'm guessing it's probably I Eddie. Think, I don't think Lou and Eddie take turns. <laughs> On the cheek. It's a professional. It's a business. Well, I guess the police is a business now, so never mind. I'm not going to correct myself. It's really good animation, too. The like kind of wistful way Wiggum walks out the door and he puts his hand on the frame like, oh, my yeah. old boy. Just as like I was sitting there and I was watching that, just talking about the objects that just got destroyed. Pretty pretty great line from Wiggum there, too. Rex immediately goes forth to stop all the drinking and he proudly destroys many cars and people with his, <laughs> yeah. with his barricade. I like him just <laughs> nodding as, as the, at the multi-car pile up not even ducking to avoid the shit flying at his face just like yep doing my job all these people are dead wiggum causes just as much death as rex is doing here but rex is at least he he had one problem to solve and he's solving it he's getting rid of the alcohol doesn't even care about heroin like that doesn't matter it's him. it's good that nobody doubts him yeah you know yeah. he can just get away with whatever he wants no matter how destructive I like i love that they never explained the kind of 1920s america framing of this like mm -hmm. the big playing the big band charleston music and rex banner what you know what's what is he and using tommy guns to destroy the liquor and the old-timey voiceover guy mm -hmm. you know they never explain it but it's it's amazing it's, yeah it's it, hilarious look they're probably just having a go with how old-fashioned and stupid this this law is you know how <laughs> utterly 
silly it is. And it's like the spirit of the Roaring Twenties somehow possessed the entire town of Springfield and they just accept it. <laughs> Everyone starts wearing a hat for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like at most sales go through the roof. <laughs> like at most speakeasy, they could play any music there, but they are playing the Charleston in big band music just because they agree like, yeah, it's the 20s now. That's just how it is. So Rex cleans up the city, but at what cost? How do you know you don't like bribes if you've never taken one? Here. Say, this is nice. <laughs> no, no bribes. Okay, you win. From now on, we'll stick to smuggling heroin. See that you do. Brilliant. Drinking more and having a lot more fun. <laughs> but without beer, prohibition doesn't work. Hey, hi. Can I arrest any of you people for anything? No. Ah, jeez, I don't have anything to do anymore. With Banner around, alcohol and crime are history in this town. And so am I. Poor Wiggum. Poor, poor Wiggum. It's just, it's, the crime isn't gone. They're still, like, they're smuggling <laughs> heroin. It's there. Just heroin coming it's into true. the town, exactly. Just thinking, Wiggum can fall back on, you know, just maybe starting a B-Sharps cover band. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they can bring that back or just go on tour. Well, that uh, genius at work moment here. Uh-oh. Obviously, anyone can leave the town of Springfield and get drunk. They can just go to Shelbyville and get drunk. It's, it's only yeah. for Springfield. Yeah, yeah it is, it is a, a citywide ordinance. It should be just more like just a ton of people move one town over in Simpsons parlance and just all move to Shelbyville for it. Like as That's one of the great little headline gags that the, the bums are threatening to move out of town bums extend oh, deadline it's fine. <laughs> when him and bart are trying to think uh, how to fix the problem they, they never say it out loud it's just one of those for some reason moments of bart standing on his head to get all the brain juice uh, <laughs> as all he can to think better it's absolutely perfect like bart is meant to be what 10 uh, and that is exactly how a kid of that age acts whenever you're asking them something they like get on the couch and they'll be doing handstands and flips and they just can't <laughs> sit there and think so it, it, it's it's perfect it sounds like you've personal experience with this. yes uh, <laughs> my uh, wife's child lena is 10 and you know if we're having a chat with her or we're getting her to do you know homework or spellings or something she's like on the floor handstands twirls rolling around uh, uh, it, like it's it's Perfect. And that Duff Plant thing about somebody, obviously Barney, placing uh, flowers on, <laughs> or sorry, having a vigil at the, was he placing flowers at the plant yeah, or something? Yeah, flower. Okay, there, that, yeah. that is reference to Marilyn Monroe's grave, where ah, okay. somebody did oh, that. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking Rudolph Valentino. Yeah, that or too. Or Poe, maybe? And Poe, yeah. there's, it's it's multiple ones. I My first thought was of Edgar Allan Poe, though. He leaves, he actually leaves alcohol at the grave for Edgar Allan Poe, I believe. I, I hope people leave that mysterious stranger alone and let them just be a anonymous and a mystery instead of just filming it every year to find out who the person is we can't have mysteries in the surveillance state henry you're right (laughs) (laughs) that's when they decide they're gonna go and steal the beer come on boy think of a plan i'm trying dad kent brackman at the now closed duff bottling plant where a mysterious person in black keeps a solitary vigil Uh, Hmm. i got it we're going out marge if we don't come back, avenge our death! Alright! <laughs> Whoa, bonanza! Let's load it up before the rats regroup. Right, now remember, <laughs> don't mention this to anyone. <laughs> not your mother, not Rex Banner, 
Not <laughs> His definition of like not Rex Banner. <laughs> he just innocently says that to Bart. <laughs> so Humber is aware of Rex Banner for sure. Yes, yeah. Now that you know that all the beer that everybody drinks after this was covered in rats. Like mm. it always And all of their leavings. <laughs> and the little lugger appears again and it has the production code for you only move twice on the license plate still because ah. that's where it first appeared. Wow. Little lugger. Oh. So they didn't update their in joke uh, no. for the license plate. They just the- used the model from the last episode. Ah, somebody should be Lazy. fired. They were that. probably too busy having a couple of beers. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, on the commentary, I think Josh Weinstein even goes like, "We could have figured some funnier than Little Lugger." Like, <laughs> eh. and then also Rex Banner attempts to kill Homer. Like, had had Rex Banner succeeded with this gun, <laughs> he would have killed Homer. Possibly Bart. <laughs> <laughs> Rex Banner, what a dope. Yeah, look at him try to aim that stupid gun. Hang on, son! Dad, knocking over Gravestone is bad luck. Really? I heard good. (laughs) What happened to you, Homer? And what have you done to the car? Nothing. I don't think it had broken axles before. Before, before. You're living in the past, Marge. Quit living in the past. (laughs) That's funny. I used to be able to go down there. (laughs) Going bowling, not back event stats. Why do you have so many bowling balls? Uh, I'm not going to lie to you, Marge. (laughs) So long. Homer's really sticking to his everything looks bad if you remember it policy. Yeah. yeah. Before, 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 you're living in the before. past. This is some classic Homer meanness to Marge, but it's it's funny. It's pretty funny. In in real life, don't don't lie to your wife and gaslight her and tell her how she misremembers things. But yeah. uh, but it's pretty funny when Homer does it. I will admit that. There's so many quotes there that you use in everyday life as well. Like I've always got before, before, quit living in the past. Um when she sees the do not enter something and it's in a couple of different languages. I, I wish it was in Irish as well. Oh, yeah. that would have been nice. Been a not Tigus jaw. Anyway, would have been a cool callback to the start of the episode. To the Paddy's Day. Yeah, yeah, actually, you know what? It feels like years ago that the that the, like this show kicked off and it was Paddy's Day. Yeah. It like kind of it's really veers off and changes really fast. It's a classic uh, act one, switch them up in Simpsons. Yeah, though, I'll also say from the ignorant American standpoint, it was a long time before I knew that there was the Irish language. Like, we didn't, we don't know these things. I'm sorry. It's our fault. <laughs> That's fine. We don't know it either. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like most people, well, actually, in the country, they, you would get it, you know, but in Dublin, most people don't speak Irish. Yeah. Like, we'd know a couple of phrases, and that's about it. It's taught very poorly in schools. Or maybe it is well, and we're shit. I don't know. No, 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 it's, no, it's terrible. Probably. Yeah. It's not an easy language to learn. You have to go to a Gale Talks, like a special Irish school to learn Irish. It's a very ancient language. It yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. it sucks. Yeah. I think well, no, pe- it's great or whatever, but like... No, no, it sucks. No, it's yeah, ugly language. Know. It's a very I th- ugly language. I think more people might know Elvish at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or Klingon. Yeah. I was just meant to say Klingon. <laughs> so that's another one I like using too. Just like, I'm not going to lie to you. Well, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> 
Rex Banner should have at least a lead on who stole who the beer baron is when he sees that that it was somebody with a little lugger like he's got he's got a place to start his investigation but he like I said he's as bad as Wiggum he's just more violent he won't even run a license plate yeah he, he saw the little <laughs> yeah. lugger license plate right if he can shoot at them he should have yeah. caught the license plate too here's another great line in here sucking like a fox mm. I love Oh, rats, another gutter ball. Gee, Homer, you sure do suck tonight. Yeah, suck like a fox. <laughs> Here you go, Barn. That'll be 45 bucks. 45 bucks? <laughs> well, this better be the best tasting beer in the world. You got lucky. <laughs> You see, boy, the real money's in bootlegging, not in your childish vandalism. Oh, so many wasted nights. <laughs> What's the matter, Chief? Yeah, you barely touched your banana kaboom. This isn't a very happy birthday for Rex Banner. And that's the way they play freshies! Listen, Rummy, I'm going to say it plain and simple. Where'd you pinch the hooch? Is some blind tiger jerking suds on the side? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great animation choice. I don't even know if it was in the script or not, that Rex does not grab him the first time. He like makes a grab at him and then mm. gets in the second time. It's a, ni- it's a nice little move. He's just so angry he doesn't d- do it right the first time. And just Barney's scream of like, <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting that. And also, in case you didn't know, a blind tiger is slang for an illegal bar. Ah, so there you go. Oh, okay. And uh, the it's a reference to the classic Edward Hopper painting, Nighthawks, and uh, the establishing shot of the yeah. uh, restaurant. They weren't at Phineas Q. Butterfat's parlor. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the shot, the, the reveal of the banana kaboom and his just dour face and the sizzling, um, one, one of the best non, yeah. uh, non-dialogue jokes in the show, visual uh, jokes. Would, uh, would you guys rather have million-dollar birthday fries or a banana kaboom on your birthday? Million-dollar birthday fries have to be served on an old man's head. Yeah, if it's served... Served by Mo, I'd have those. I'd prefer those on my birthday. If you get a song and dance, we don't know if you get a song and dance for the banana kaboom, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I want anything that I would eat that's been on Mo's head, you know? Uh, ooh. Yeah, maybe <laughs> good point yeah you know then banana kaboom wins out for me when i've had like an ice cream thing at a restaurant on my birthday it's usually after i ate a giant awful meal but to celebrate my birthday i'm like oh ice cream uh, i it's kind of the last thing i want to eat yeah i'd be happy with just more meat <laughs> <laughs> and the the great animation on just the way barney's face slides yeah. across the glass it's a bit <laughs> He's got a droopy nose. Yeah, actually, it's pretty similar to... We talked about George Myers Jr.'s nose wiping across the glass in Itchy and Scratchy Poochie. It also had a similar, like phallic floppiness over class. <laughs> you really see the Simpsons noses move around or squish. They're always like just rigid. And the What song was Barney singing there? It's hard to play. Oh boy, I don't know. It's probably yeah, some Dan Castellaneta ad lib. Ah. Lost the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, also sucking like a fox. I just love that phrase. And they somehow built the, the bootlegging business is going very well in Springfield if they were able to just build that whole series of tubes in like an afternoon to that somehow goes underground and then out at most 
Mario's bar. <laughs> I wonder if was that they... a Mario reference? I mean, mm. with the with all the pipes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was just thinking, you, you know, like uh, if you want something bad enough, you will work your ass off for it. So yeah, I was thinking, like, didn't the mob? Um, they got the disability ramp and that done in Springfield oh, yeah. Elementary really quick. It's true, but it was made of what breadsticks or something. Yeah, it's because they made yeah. it out of breadsticks. Oh, that was how it was. <laughs> with all the trips that Homer's taking to the bowling alley, though, do you think he's got a deal with Barney's uncle? Oh yeah, he's in on it too. Al, yeah. Al's got to be getting a piece of that. I wonder how much of that forty-five dollars a beer Mo is sharing with Homer. I wonder. I would think Mo is taking a lot off of the top of that for uh, when he sells it back, gives them a cash back to Homer. Yeah, actually, Al has to be on it because Homer has to like change the machinery of the bowling alley to deliver the balls elsewhere. Of course, Homer would, Homer would know that machinery so well because he worked there. That's right. He was a pin monkey. <laughs> we are going deep, deep <laughs> here, guys. <laughs> so it seems like everything's going good for Homer, but this is another great just animation moment of like, Marge is so obviously right in front of him and Homer won't check. Like it's she's right there the second he turns in this scene here. Wait a minute. I forgot to make sure the coast was clear. Ha. Huh. Ah, it's probably clear. Let's go. <laughs> I can explain, Marge. Please let me explain. Oh, why won't you let me explain? <laughs> You're the one the papers have been talking about. That mysterious beer baron who's been supplying Springfield with alcohol. How have you been getting away with this? Well, and I can explain, remember? <laughs> I fill the balls with beer that I found at the dump, and then I bowl them in some underground pipes, take them into Moe's. Homer, that's very clever. Huh? Mom? Well, it is. I've known your father since high school, and this is the cleverest thing he's ever done. Besides, he's only breaking a silly 200-year-old law. It is silly, Marge. And look at all the money I'm making. Ooh. Mom, <laughs> prohibition may be unpopular, but it's the law, and we still have... Go to your room, room, Lisa. Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Even Bart says it. Yeah. It's, uh, hey, it's a John Swartzwelder script. He's going to shit all over Lisa if he has the chance. Yeah, at least it's being extra annoying, extra lawful good. It's like we must <laughs> obey all, all laws, people. I, I really like this little bit because Marge doesn't have much in this episode and obviously she shouldn't be for liquor like she did ask Homer to give it up for 30 days see if he can do that yeah. and like complains uh, at the marriage retreat if you remember that it's like oh you spend your time at a CD bar you know mm-hmm. but seeing her being supportive here is you know it it's actually a twist on the stereotype of a nagging housewife she's actually supportive here because like homer has all these crazy get rich schemes you know <laughs> like sugar salesman happy dude the telemarketing scam yeah. retirement grease you know? <laughs> and she's like that's very clever well done. Uh, it's a great yeah it's a great turn on what you would expect in the original pitch would have been like Mars saying, Homer, you shouldn't do that. Like the what what you imagine her reaction would be. So instead her her complimenting him is such a great twist on expectation. It and even you get kind of I love the Marge like excitement, like, woo, that's always yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, what we want. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and yeah, that she she is right. She's known him since high school. This is easily the most clever thing he has ever done in his life. She's, She's impressed. Yeah, that's cool. And I love how they both just turn it on Captain Come Down Lisa, you know? Go to your The three of them. Yeah, yeah Mark gets in on it. It's brilliant. brilliant. It's it's hilarious to see this eight year old girl screamed at by her entire family. <laughs> 
Oh man, she gets so much worse. God, there's there's an episode where Lady Gaga's in it, oh. and Lisa's feeling depressed, and Lady Gaga sees that she's depressed and tries to make her feel better. And how does Lisa like herself again? She just hurls abuse at Lady Gaga. <laughs> wow. That's it. That's it. Wow. You mean? And that's it. Oh, getting all my venom out, I'm able to feel better about myself. Holy shit, you are a terrible person. Like, <laughs> if uh, if you weren't an eight year old kid, you're getting a punch in the face. Yeah. <laughs> You mean future Oscar winner Lady Gaga? That's true. Yeah. yeah. That movie can't be that good. I refuse to believe it. I don't know. I you, know saw, you know the sixth remake of this movie? Her act, lads. She is not a good actress. American Horror Story proved that. Hmm. So, uh, uh, yeah, you know, I about I, that. I'm very, very doubtful here. I didn't see that movie. I was watching Venom that weekend. Oh. Using my time correctly. <laughs> You're a discerning moviegoer. Yeah. So here we get another scene that really goes to Rex Banner being terrible at his job, but quite funny. Open up, Curly. This is a raid. A raid? Curly? Um, all right. But uh, I don't know what you expect to find in a uh, simple uh, neighborhood pet shop. Pet shop, eh? Well, I just have one question. What kind of pet shop is filled with rambunctious yahoos and hot jazz music at 1 a.m.? Um, the uh, <laughs> best damn pet shop in town. Yeah! All right, you people remember. Baby turtles and alligators may seem like a cute idea for a pet, but they grow up. Let's go, boys. <laughs> Wow! Those gears down there really hurt! Even though Rex Banner thinks they didn't do anything wrong, he starts to moralize. He's yeah. like, well, here's something I could tell you people. <laughs> all he has to do is look directly behind them, and he'll find that beer he's searching for. That's all he'd have to do. I do like the foley of the beer as everyone's putting it behind their backs. Like yeah. The, the glorp of all the beer <laughs> swishing around. I love the animation on Mo blindly. Like, he can't break eye contact, but he's got to find that lever, yeah. that very obvious lever, and pull it. And, and that Curly confuses him more than a rave. Curly. I suppose he has curly hair. It's curly. Doesn't say that chestnut on its own, that's for sure. <laughs> Larry and Moe were somewhere around, you know? <laughs> There's one little thing that I thought was really cool is that in this episode, Moe is using pets as a cover for his tavern. And in the X-Files episode, you see he's got the big whale. So he was using his tavern as a cover for his illegal pets. Wow. That's yeah. so... And pandas before that. Yeah, he's had access to <laughs> animals. Yeah. Wow, that's... I it makes the lie work. He actually, he deals in pets all the time. That's the type of cover you want. Uh, then we get to the that uh, opening sound we used of just him shouting at the city and Homer so, impossibly hearing him and shouting back to let him know he won't catch him. That's another amazing gag. I love that joke so much. Uh, and it's a funny way to end the, se- end the sequence too. Of the uh, since we're gonna come back and then see that the this is when we finally get the state change of okay so now he's the beer baron except he's out of beer what are they gonna do next and when they show Homer's shined up shoes that's when it really hits you of like Homer's feet are just like 
uh, hooves. Cloven they're, hooves, yeah. yeah. they're not, they aren't shoes so much as hooves, even when shined up. And that hat, though, looks a lot like the Tom Landry hat that he bought in uh, Scorpio, Scorpio the Scorpio episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. where the little lugger appeared <laughs> yeah, the first yeah. time. Oh my gosh, they're bringing it oh, all back. Oh, wow, it's all being tied back. <laughs> Guys, can I ask you, how many ad breaks do you have in a Simpsons episode when you watch oh. an episode on TV in the States? Oh, yeah, it's, uh, well, until about a decade ago, it was two you'd have well there'd be one after the opening oh yeah opening commercial break act one commercial break act two commercial break Holy shit. and then one before the end credits no, no not usually uh, okay maybe but, on the halloween one halloween episode they they did that but now okay. I, I think as of a few seasons ago the three-act structure the the classical structure for all of storytelling has been disrupted by more commercials. So now there is like a 90 second fourth act. Yeah. And then oh, it, shit. It dis- I mean, new episodes are written around that structure. Mm. So I think, Jesus. I, yeah, I think the, they understand the last act, that the last act in quotes can't be that important. It's got to mm. be like the denouement or whatever. Like it's, it's very strange and I really don't like it. Okay. Cause in Ireland and England, it's one ad in the middle and that's really, it. wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So do, are, are the axe breaks at least the same? Do they take a commercial at one of the times where we take commercials or is it a whole new cut in the middle where they insert a commercial? I think it's the second one. So it'd be about. 15 minutes, oh, wow, 15, okay. 17 minutes in. Wow, that's wild. They respect <laughs> storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that- I do believe that the ads are a little bit longer. Like, you know, like uh, over there, they're pretty short, right? Uh, they can be. They get longer all the time. But oh, yeah, like two and two was what they would say. It's like two minutes, 20 seconds or so. That used to okay. be how long they were. I just going to say, you watch an episode of Black Adder or something, and it's like a half hour show. How long is it? 29 minutes, 30 seconds. Yeah. 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 I was actually going back to look at the Untouchables series from the 50s and 60s. And, you know, when you go on Wikipedia, it tells you how many episodes there and how long they are. They're all like 56 minutes long. So it's like wow. four minutes of commercials per hour. <laughs> I think a lot of those shows nice. were basically funded by brought to you by Folgers. It's Folgers mm. presents the Untouchables or whatever. Or you know. Philip Morris. Yeah, something yeah. like that. So I think probably cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Children's so cigarettes. The, the, uh, Welcome to Flavortown. <laughs> the sponsors were more hands on, especially with those like Charlie Brown specials. Yeah. Well, that, you know, that made me think of the Charlie Brown specials about how like the original Charlie Brown Christmas special that aired in America, when they still air it now on regular television, it used to be a half hour special and now it's an hour long with like because there's just so many uh, so many new ads in it and they basically add like five extra minutes of newer animation at the end just to be like to get it to fit the hour it's it's yeah, I so think it weird. was uh, dolly madison and coca-cola and things yeah, like that for the first era, yeah yeah one the simpsons that four act structure has really messed with treehouse of horror and the treehouse of yes. horror adjacent yeah, shows oh yeah. boy i forgot about that yeah i think the first time i saw that was in the it was their storybook one that had like macbeth and the fountainhead in it and when they get to the end lisa's like so let's tell a fourth story and marge is like normally only do three Uh, there's also a great line about Homer suggesting what things they could also make beer out of, of just like delicious caulk. They're, they're having some fun with that line. There. They really are. They know what they're doing. <laughs> they know. And here again, Rex Banner being terrible at his job. <laughs> are you the beer baron? 
Well, if you're talking about root beer, I plead guilt diddly ilty as char diddly arged. <laughs> He's not the Baron, but he sounds drunk. Take him in. <laughs> Are you the beer Baron? Yes, but only by night. By day, I'm a mild-mannered reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper. Don't crack wise oh. with me, Tubby. Tubby? Oh, yes, Tubby. Bander, how's it hanging? None of your business. So Homer's walking by with, like, barley and mash and uh, tequila worms. <laughs> tequila worms. Not even just worms. Officially tequila worms. <laughs> A very helpful sign on those worms to let people know. And I but... think I think Banner's taking how's it hanging very literally. Yeah. None of your business. <laughs> it's just And his investigation technique is just randomly stopping people and threatening them with violence <laughs> to say, are you, are the you beer Banner? Yeah. Um, sorry, you're the beer parent. It's like, I, I think it's the second time people have mistaken Flanders' uh, mannerisms for being drunk or high. Goofballs. Yeah. Hopped up on goofballs. <laughs> his comic book guy's sarcasm here is quite great here, except he can't. You know, only once he's called Tubby, he's like, Tub- oh, 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 yes. yes. Yeah, it's a sad reminder. <laughs> I also like Homer buying the bathtubs and refusing a discount. It's- the the <laughs> outlandish, bizarre discount where a, a store would sell you 50 bathtubs. It's like a special they're having. <laughs> Those are very cheap bathtubs. Yeah, 50 for $3,000, yeah. Yeah, unless they're just wash basins. But yeah. no, they're better bathtubs. Than that. And Homer starts making the liquor, and that's when we get the, what well, seems like a reference to Timothy McVeigh in the Oklahoma City bombing where Homer says we're, we're just disobeying an unjust laws we're patriots like uh, all those guys in jail mm. <laughs> because that is what Timothy McVeigh said and other anti-government folks who did attacks like the Oklahoma City bombing they were just like no I'm a patriot we're the real patriots which I uh, still hear today from American born terrorists and like McVeigh a lot of their beliefs are steeped in white supremacy so oh yeah there you go sure, yeah. anyway have fun with that uh, I love how his basement can magically hold 42 bathtubs yes yeah That's a, I, I think Extapalapa kettle Extapalapa kettle is still down there too yeah, with, wow. the, with the 30 bathtubs oh, sorry how many bathtubs were there 20 42, oh, 42 bathtubs 42 yes. bathtubs and the Olmec head can fit in there That's... the ceiling is raised go back to Hurricane Nettie and mm. the ceiling is at basically Marge's eye level yeah it's true <laughs> what is this some kind of magic basement here? <laughs> <laughs> boy I hope someone got fired for that uh, thank you <laughs> That's a complex background drawing. All of those bathtubs lined up. It's great. It's and Homer thinks he's got it all figured out until his liquor starts exploding. What on earth happened down there? One of the stills. Uh, nothing, March. I think it must have been that bean I had for dinner. Kaboom! <laughs> <laughs> Blam! Oh, excuse me again, dear. Homer, there's no point in pretending you're making those noises. Your homemade liquor is exploding again. What, dear? Kablamo! <laughs> made some money and had the fun of being a wanted criminal. Why not quit now? Why you're ahead? Boom. I'll be right back. I thought about what you said, honey, 
And I've decided to quit. <laughs> yeah, Homer deciding to disguise the explosions as gas, as farting. <laughs> Not as clever as his initial plan. Yeah, his, his cleverness is good. Well, Bart's because he's help saying, him kaboom, blam. <laughs> it's not even farted. <laughs> and he's covered, too, that he ate a single bean for dinner, which, like, That's said. The most he... amount of uh, vegetables Homer would eat in <laughs> one meal. <laughs> the final explosion is such a good sound effect job of, like, this is a very different and more powerful explosion than the many beforehand that were happening. The house should be just, I don't know, It should all be on fire. If Homer's on fire, the house is on fire. Homer decides to give it all up, but he still has his wonderful money, which that's a great lesson he has learned, just the way he like lovingly is stroking his money. Mm -hmm. That's all that matters to him. And we get to see poor, poor Wiggum. Poor Wiggum. Poor Wiggum. I'll bet you really hate Rex Banner, huh? Um, who? The <laughs> guy who took your job. Oh, yeah. More than anything in the world. Hey, how would you like to show him up by beating him at his own game? <laughs> I'm happy to report that the flow of illegal liquor seems to have dried up. Public drunkenness has ceased, and those mysterious liquor clouds over Evergreen Terrace are gone. <laughs> People, Rick's Banner has won your war against alcohol. <laughs> the beer baron i suspect he was just an invention of the media the idea that someone like that could operate under my very nose is laughable uh. <laughs> well you all know what laughter sounds like <laughs> we now go live to evergreen terrace where i'm informed that former police chief wiggum has captured the beer baron oh. captured homer <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that uh, the idea that Rex Banner is too straight laced to even laugh is great. But boy, that's some that's some great attempted laughter. It's even hard to describe what Dave Thomas is doing. He's just like choking and sputtering. Yeah, it's just caught in his throat. And we all know what laughter sounds like. And the and the animation to match it, he kind of like reaches first throat, like oh, oh, it's so uncomfortable, I can't do it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you know, Rex is obviously not a fun, loving character. He is dry, and you know, also he doesn't drink. So that's probably what they're trying. You know, maybe hinting that uh, if you have a tipple now and again you might be up for a little <laughs> bit of fun as well you know yes he hates all fun i also love the gag uh, right before this i didn't grab but of wiggum threatening homer with a gun and then saying that it doesn't work because he sold off parts to feed his family it's like <laughs> you would Poor it's guy. such a great dark joke Poor but Wiggum. you would sell just the gun you can't that is the extra hilarious ridiculousness <laughs> of it you don't slowly sell parts of a gun for money you can throw it pretty hard <laughs> we, don't, we don't see how uh, sarah and ralph wiggum are suffering because yeah. of this he's the breadwinner i don't know what sarah wiggum does but i i, I assume she's a housewife because we don't see her employed anywhere <laughs> If we saw Ralph eating coleslaw packets or like starving, it might be too dark. Yeah. Might be like, you know, this is too sad. Oh we have to see? forget that Wiggum has a family for this to work. Uh, or at least not see them. Yeah. Like out of sight, out of mind. I love Wiggum agreeing that he's poor, poor Wiggum. Like, and it, he, for, he forgot about Rex Banner after meeting him. Yeah. <laughs> until then, he remembers like, oh, yes, he's uh, the person I hate more than anything. More in than the world. anything in the world. <laughs> uh, Homer does a real nice favor for Wiggum, but uh, kind of doesn't pay off so well for Homer. Nope. Then the liquor-filled bowling balls traveled through a network of underground pipes, finally emerging at a nearby speakeasy. You forgot one thing, Wiggum. Yeah, what's that? 
I filled the balls with a funnel. <laughs> that was a very sweet thing you did for poor Wiggum. But what's going to happen to you? Oh, probably just a slap on the wrist. And he who shall violate this law shall be punished by catapults. Last time I helped you. Sorry, I thought you'd get a fine, or at most three, four years in jail. Hold it. This machine is two centuries old. Better test it first. Oh. And then he kill a cat. Yes. <laughs> there are two deaths in this scene. Yeah, it's pretty great. I mean, you don't see where they lay where they land. You can't they might not be dead. And for a second you think Rex Banner is going to call this off because the machine is so old. He's like, mm. no, let's test it. Yeah. Wasn't this a thing in The Simpsons like they wouldn't show like kind of live animal violence? Like they, they're allowed to kill kind of is it scratchy? Oh, I mean in the cartoons they kill the animals a bit, but like we they like say with gutting fish they they did that quite a lot in the uh, the tokyo episode for example yeah and in this season's treehouse of horror lard like kicks a dog down the street <laughs> that's true oh, that's <laughs> oh wow yeah a poor dog <laughs> we don't hear a thump like we do in so in the season one episode called the simpsons where they they catapult a rabbit instead of catching it you do yeah. hear a thump <laughs> yeah when the rabbit flies across uh, off screen of course it's hilarious yeah it's very good <laughs> that was maybe the first joke i truly loved as a kid and watching the simpsons but the homer's correction i like i filled it with a funnel that's a great mm. that's a great moment too but that he the just the reintroduction of the catapult and saying bye catapult it's like you you as a viewer are just immediately reminded like they did say that they did remind us of that they also everyone in town is pretty okay with them killing rex banner like (laughs) (laughs) they saw the person who pulled the lever they watch him fly away they know who killed him and they're like "Eh, that was unexpected anyway better catapult homer now well i mean no one was really on board with rex banner outside of the the temperance league or whatever that's true everyone else was just drinking at moe's (laughs) and by failing to catch the beer baron now they're like you're not even good at that let's just get so let's kill you which it implies that he's a government agent that they have on loan too so that you think they get in a lot of trouble for that like oh well things look pretty dark for homer but it's a happy ending in the end (laughs) it's not up to us to choose which laws we want to obey if it were, I'd kill everyone who looked at me cockeyed. <laughs> and they look at him cockeyed. Send him back to mama, boy. <laughs> that was unexpected. Well, reset the catapult and let's get this over with. Wait! I've discovered more lines on the parchment. It says that the prohibition law, which was passed here 200 years ago, was repealed 199 years ago. <laughs> Release the prisoner. <laughs> On behalf of the city, I'd like to apologize and ask how long it will take for you to flood this town with booze again. Well, sorry. I'm not in that business anymore. Four minutes. And so one town's <laughs> brief flirtation with prohibition ended in a joyous remarriage to Lady Liquor. Congratulations, Springfield. We wish you the very best. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to Mm. all of life's problems.
One thing that we can't get a clip of everything, but one thing I really like in this episode is Marge's nonsense speech, which really is evocative oh, yeah. <laughs> of America and what we believe in. Uh, so she says, car crashes and fistfights have been down recently, but prohibition has cost us our freedom, our freedom to drink, <laughs> where we are all just hardlining freedom addicts. Regardless of the consequences of freedom or what freedom means in certain contexts, we're just like, no, freedom above all. Freedom, freedom. is the word. Yes, <laughs> I do whatever I want freedom sure some people a lot of people aren't dead now but <laughs> what about that freedom yes their freedom to die well i think in in our country at least we use the idea of freedom to wave away problems like well that person chose to be poor in america yeah. you can choose to be anything it's your freedom <laughs> to do that uh, i uh that speech at the end there too of homer i mean the cause of any solution to all life's problems that is a so great good, yeah. great line the perfect exit line i feel like i've seen multiple t-shirts just steal that or I've seen that I've seen that yeah, meme yeah. so many times online that I wonder like do you even know where this is from do you have you mm. watched the Simpsons sir <laughs> I thought that <laughs> I thought that when I first saw Can't Sleep Clown Will Eat Me shirts at Hot Topic yeah, that, in the early 2000s. Whoa. I'm like, this is an unlicensed reference. I've called the police on you. <laughs> yeah, actually, at a bar near my house, they have that on a placard with no really? Homer. It's just like a, just a generic, you know, quote. Oh. So, yeah. Do you guys have still beer in your bars? Oh, no, no. No, we do not. We have bad beer in our bars. Yeah. <laughs> bad enough to yeah. be duff. Actually, not so much around here. I think the worst beer you can get is probably PBR. Uh, mm. Paps Blue Ribbon. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we have had Duff beer at Universal Studios, uh, Hollywood. We've been yeah. to the we've been to the Springfield there. Have you guys uh, visited that in any of your trips to America? Yeah, we were there or, last uh, year. To one in Orlando. Yeah. Oh yeah, for WrestleMania. And we Orlando. got a crusty burger. Crusty burger, and which is just beer. a cheeseburger. Yeah. yeah, but you know, eighteen dollars. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can get Duff beer in Ireland, but it's yeah, it gets Spanish brands. Really? Cerveza. Yeah, cerveza. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I've never yeah, had that. The Duff beer at Universal was all right. I put it like it's probably on par with like a Sam Adams beer. Mm -hmm. So like above above dirt it's beer. It's beer. Get you drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Does but it, it was also too expensive for a Sam Adams style beer. Yeah, but that was everything there. I mean, the Big Pink Donut was really great too, but it was, I think, $15. That was a good donut for being oh just <laughs> mass-produced trash. It was yeah. very, very good and fluffy and just the right amount of moistness. <laughs> it's hard to believe this episode started in St. Patrick's Day because it feels a very long time ago. This is a really great episode on just the prohibition of a ton Ooh. of old-timey throwbacks. And I guess my last note I'd say is, is the final genius at work moment here is... <laughs> Uh, by the repealing of the 18th Amendment, all over America, prohibition is not legal. So even if the town of Springfield could have prohibition, national law, I believe, would supersede that, thus making it illegal to have prohibition anyway. But, you know, hey, maybe we've got some legal eagle listeners out there that can correct me on that one as with regards yeah, to America. Couldn't you just ones. hold a referendum to <laughs> lift prohibition ban, even if you couldn't? I don't know. Only in a republic. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just a bit of crack. You have to go along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> so my final thoughts are, I do like this episode a lot. And I it's a very good Schwarzwelder episode or Schwarzwelder, however you want to say that. It's very old timey. A man from out of time steps into the Simpsons world <laughs> and is murdered. But there's lots of great old timey <laughs> stuff. And I, and I even though I've never seen the Untouchables, I love these sorts of stories. And in case you weren't aware, we did our live show of this one way, way back in March. So God, seven months ago as of this recording. So I want all of our genius at work listeners out there if you 
subscribe to the Talking Simpsons Network, go back to our live show and let us know if we made the same jokes. I bet we did. <laughs> Probably. You can, then you can reveal us for the frauds that we are. <laughs> I'm just your memory. I can't give you any new information. <laughs> uh, uh, but Jay, V1, what, what are your final thoughts on this episode? As a person who's kind of given up watching The Simpsons for like the last couple of years, it's been a while since I watched one. It's <laughs> my god it was it, it was bloody great um i absolutely love this episode living over here you know seeing paddy's day the people wearing green learning about the whole pinching thing which i didn't know about <laughs> laughing at you know the drinking and the violence and everything uh seeing that fucking chipper being blown up was crazy as well oh my god but i also love uh rex banner as a as a character like he is such a dry shite that that he <laughs> That he fits in perfectly next to, you know, Wiggum and Homer and everything. Also, seeing uh, Homer doing something that's really fucking smart is <laughs> is awesome, you know. Marge is awesome here as well because she doesn't nag Homer. And, of course, it ends with one of the great Simpsons quotes of all time as well. So, yeah, uh, Whopper episode. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, well, this episode is preposterous, you know, but it's phenomenal, <laughs> you know. Uh, the script is logical. It's still tight as a drum and super sharp and, most importantly, funny. There's so many quotes here that stand the test of time. I just like legendary Simpsons writer John Schwartzwelder knocking it out of the park. So, like, for me, there's about eight seasons just... You know, one after year where it's like a 10 on 10. So hmm. this is a 10 for me. It's like if I <laughs> quote most of this episode in my day-to-day -day life, it has to be a 10. <laughs> and, you know, in wrestling, in pro wrestling parlance, they really, they put over Rex Banner strong at the start. So then at the return match, Wiggum can get a big win after. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm surprised wrestling never came up in this entire episode. But, guys, we'll do our plugs once we're off the air with you. Can you tell us how to see the OSW review? Oh, uh, if you go into YouTube's, um, once you goggle OSW with the room, you can watch our review of the room. That's pretty good. And you don't have to be a wrestling fan to enjoy it. But you still have to watch the rest. I am a big fan of your guys' stuff. I do think. Oh, stop it, you. If, if you're, if you're not you. a wrestling fan, I still think you will get a lot of enjoyment out of the wrestling ones. I also, I love the, the segments you put within the episodes that you then even just bust out into their own videos. Like people want, you know, a shorter dose of what you guys do so well. Definitely like uh, your lesbian pollen videos, a really good one. Oh my God. The... I slapped that together in like two hours and it's what, 16 million views. I'm so ashamed <laughs> the amount of creepy comments on that mm. video. Uh, but a, a less creepy one is like your history of TNA was a really good one. Your history of the Renegade, the tragic story of the wannabe uh, Ultimate Warrior Renegade is, wow. is a very good one. Yeah, I mean, old school wrestling is the only wrestling I know, so I'm on board. <laughs> and, oh, thank you, and yeah, you're deep into the Lex thank Express you. at the time of listening to this. But yeah, OSW review on Patreon. It's it's you get you get a ton of cool extras too on there. Like you guys, I love your film reviews on there too. Like that complete garbage Jesse Ventura film you guys dug up. That Holy Abraxas. Shit. Abraxas. 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 Oh boy, yeah, I I know Abraxas well. With Schwarzenegger, you know, with Running Man, and he was even in Demolition Man, and so, and then he's like, all right, I'm gonna break out on my own, and then it's like, oh, after after that film, right back to the mid card, yeah. straight back to wrestling. <laughs> Some people are meant to be sidekicks, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't need to give them the power booking to the uh, top at all, and Jesse is proof of that. <laughs> anyway, like Talking Simpsons, you guys do a phenomenal show. And, oh, like, this was lots Thank of, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was brilliant. And congratulations with your Patreon as well. Oh, thanks, thanks. Thanks a lot, guys. Man, I really enjoyed being on the show as well. And uh, if we're not back, avenge it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
So thanks again to the OSW Review guys for being on the show. And I hope we have redeemed the Irish for our listeners. They're, they're cool people. They did not threaten us in any way. And they were sober, as far as I could tell. So thank you very much. Uh, you represented your people well. But as for us... <laughs> We are part of the Talking Simpsons Network, and our entire network is supported by subscribers. And if you want to be a subscriber, go to patreon.com slash talking simpsons. And at the $5 level, that is where all of our fun extra podcasts live. So many bonus podcasts live on that level, miniseries, and uh, just dozens and dozens of podcasts that you haven't heard if you haven't signed up before. So, Henry, what are two podcasts or two extra bonus things they can hear if they subscribe to the Talking Simpsons Network at patreon.com slash talking simpsons along with all the other stuff we don't have time to mention. <laughs> well, the top one I'll bring up is our interview with Bill Morrison, the former creative director at Bongo Comics, who has worked on so much of the drawings of Simpsons you don't even know about. He drew all the covers to your favorite classic Simpsons video games in the early 90s, plus a ton of Simpsons comics, and had a, he tells us something me and Bob didn't even really know, how much he informed the look and visual design of Futurama. So oh, listen yeah. to that one, Bill Morrison. Oh, and speaking of Futurama, if you want to hear me and Bob talk about the entire first season of Futurama, it's there, Talking Futurama, exclusively for $5 plus patron. Yes, and again, if you want to join the Talking Simpsons Network and get all of the episodes a week ahead of time and ad-free, go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. And if you can only give $1 a month, well, you can at least get our community podcast every month and participate in the community. So yes, again, that is patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. We love it so much and we love when you help support the shows. And as for me, I am Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts. It's a classic gaming podcast. You can find that at retronauts.com or by looking for Retronauts wherever you listen to podcasts. We've been doing it since 2006, for God's sake. So there's got to be something on there you want to listen to if you like video games. And if you don't like video games, you better start, buddy. They're the wave of the future. <laughs> All the kids are playing video games these days. How about you, Henry? I'm H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. One more time, H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. If you follow me there, you'll see when new episodes of this podcast and our sister podcast, What a Cartoon, go up. Plus, if you want to know wrestling thoughts, I occasionally tweet about those as well. So follow me on there. And, oh yeah, I mean, they forgot to mention it, but you should definitely follow OSW Review on Twitter as at OSW Review. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you next week for Grade School Confidential. That's the end of me.